Welcome to the Strategy Mom Podcast. Tune in for everything you need to know to stay in the know regarding the automotive industry. Here's your host, Jason Harris. Hey, what's going on, Podcast Nation? This is Jason Harris here, and thanks for joining me on another episode of Strategy Mob. Today, I have two very cool guests. I have my very special close salespeople friends. Can I call you guys my friends? Yes. Sure. Can I call you salespeople? Is that like the right term? I guess so. Yeah. yeah. You're a car guy? Yeah. You're a car <laughs> person? <laughs> I'm just messing with you guys. I'm just messing with you guys. I have both Mark and Marco with me today, which is going to be cool because they're both Italian and they both work at luxury dealerships. So we're going to easily get them confused throughout the entire podcast. So, but before we kick off this podcast, guys, let's start off with a couple origin stories, kind of how you guys got started in the industry. Mark, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. How did you get started in the automotive industry? Well, I've been in the industry for nine years total. And, um, I started off at Lexus of Oakville and uh, the dealer principal was my customer at the time. Gave me the opportunity for working for a luxury store and I've now transitioned to JLR, Bud's Imported Cars in Oakville, selling Jaguar and Land Rover. And uh, it's been a fun experience and come home with some unique stories. I really love the industry because it's the people that really what make it. That's awesome. And now like when, like how long ago again did you start? Uh, March of 2011 is when I started the uh, in the car industry at uh, Lexus of Oakville. So, Mark, what the hell made you decide to get into automotive, man? I mean, of all the things you can do out there, like literally <laughs> everything you could possibly do, you know, you had to come join the degenerates of uh, auto salesmen. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, some of us are dead generous. No, but seriously, though, like, like what made you decide to get into the business? From a young age, I've always liked cars. I've always spoke about vehicles. I was watching videos, magazines, uh, the Auto Trader books that were printed reading about vehicles and uh i found myself helping family and friends always with their vehicle purchases and worked at the sony store for three years and the opportunity came up and i was like why not do this and over the nine years at lexus i the amount of awards i accomplished in 2019 i sold 160 cars and i was very proud of that and um yeah just be yourself have fun sell cars that, that's my main motto is just have fun well this industry is fun and then one of the key points to have being successful in industry is just being yourself, right? Which you guys have both done. Hey, um, Marco, for yourself, how did you join our crazy degenerate Island of Misfit Toys called the uh, Island of Misfit Toys? That's my bet. That's my favorite way to describe our industry, by the way. Like, I, I got to stop using the word degenerates because it's probably not the best thing, but I love describing our industry as the Island of Misfit Toys. So I think it's more appropriate. Anyways, Marco, how did you get started in this business? Well, I started actually in a very similar kind of transition times that we're in right now. I call it transition times. There was no deadly virus out there, but it was back in 2007, 2008, uh, when there was a massive recession. And uh, uh, at the time, Chrysler was asking for a bailout. And at the same time, on the other door, I was knocking, asking for a job. So <laughs> I, uh, and I started for the same, uh, so much like Mark, I started because of my passion for cars, which is probably the worst thing you can do in this industry is have a passion <laughs> for cars because <laughs> uh, it uh, it kind of drains it away in a sense. But uh, no, I'm just I'm just kidding. It's just um, it's it, it is uh, it's one of those industries where uh, not a single day matches the previous. So every day is a different day. Every person you talk to is a different person. And what I find most interesting is the fact that uh, the clients. I don't know if Mark can attest this, but the clients we deal with have their own uh, lower realities. 
So, you know, they hang out with the five different people that they hang out uh, their whole life or whatever they spend their days with. And to them, that's normal. And then they come into a dealership and we get to see all these little, I like to call them clusters of mm -hmm. what people think is normal. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good and, way of uh, saying it. Yeah, it, it, and you get to uh, you kind of get a view on a little bit of um, what everybody's day looks like. You know, um, it, it's just it's interesting. It keeps things very very interesting. Put it that way, right? So, well, I think that's why we all get kind of attracted to this, like a moth to the flame. You know, I think in some cases, us as salespeople, I think we kind of like getting burned a little bit. Like we 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 like the highs, and as much as we complain about the lows. We like those too because it makes the highs like that much sweeter. Like it makes them stronger, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I'm curious uh, right now. You know, there's interesting times, right? You know, Marco, you were mentioning you know the recession. You know, I, I went through the whole recession as well, and you know, I mean, the recession progressively got worse, right? Like it was over a six to nine month period, depending where you are geographically. You know. Uh, across the country, uh, some a little faster than others, but it was a progression up to, you know, just dealerships being quiet and no one coming through the door. This was like, like lights were out. We turned it off, you know? Um, so it's, it's a very different time frame. you know, during the recession, it had to do with economics. You know, this is now very social, you know, it's a social change. It's just going to fundamentally, you know, change the way, you know, I think people, um, exchange with retail, like all together. It doesn't matter if it's cars or if it's printers or computers or anything. I mean, grocery stores, I gotta be honest with you. You know, now since I'm so used to like picking up my groceries, why the hell would I ever walk into a grocery store? Like it's the most annoying thing in the world. I like I, before, like I'm thinking I, we have three kids under the age of nine. All right, and, and now since I'm so used to just picking up my groceries, like I can't imagine. Like I, I'm like you were an idiot. What are you doing? <laughs> taking three kids into a grocery store? Are you bloody nuts? Anyways, guys, let's start off our conversation with kind of like what's the current norm for you guys? What does your kind of day to day look like right now, Mark? I'm going to start off with you. Uh, my norm is working from home right now. Like I am transitioning to the new dealership at JLR in Oakville and digging a lot into product knowledge, self-branding, uh, waking up early uh, and putting a to-do list together to keep myself organized. Um, and my wife works from home in the office. Uh, she works for RBC and, you know, definitely being quiet during those times. And we have a new dog and making sure. Okay, he gets let me ask you the question content. real quick that everyone's thinking. How is it working side by side with your wife? I just want to know. <laughs> She's upstairs. I'm downstairs. <laughs> is that how it's normally every day or is it just when working hours? I'm just kidding. Just working hours. <laughs> but uh, it's definitely different because I think all of us are such a hustle mode of, you know, talking to that, that customer, working, emailing, phone calls. Uh, I miss the hustle um, and I'm very excited to get back to it. But um, I'm doing the market, your car guy on social media. And I think now social media is so important and the virtual is something that, um, We've all talked about for the longest time that it's sadly it's going to start now because of this. Well, talk to me a little bit about because it's a big part of your current now. Like, tell me a little bit about what your kind of current social efforts are. Well, I'm on like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Definitely, Instagram is the number one spot. Um, I'm strategizing to go into YouTube uh, to start making longer videos more tutorials and a different exposure. And I had Mark at Lexus for the longest time, over 2000 followers on all my threads. Um, and the best part about that was it was converting to referrals, uh, questions, or a picture saying, 
how does this work? What side is my gas cap on, for example? Um, <laughs> so it's just another point of contact, but um, I've always enjoyed social media on a personal note, and I'm glad to see it's going further now for myself. So how often are you making content right now on a daily um, basis? Right now, like this past Monday, I went to a dealership, shot my intro video. I probably have about 10 videos all prepared right now. But when I was doing uh, Mark at Lexus at Lexus of Oakville, my goal was to be on there every other day and hopefully a story posted every day. Um, because if you're not there every third to fourth day, in my opinion, people forget about you. And you need to be on top of that all the time, even if it's the simple little things of people sharing a comment or get a picture of someone or review and post it. Um, so I got to get back to my norm, which it will happen. And it's going to be every other day. Well, I, I definitely want to elaborate more on that uh, because I know both you guys spend a lot of time on social creating content. And I know it's a part of your guys' growth strategy and referral strategy. Uh, but before we go any farther, though, on that, I want to give Marco a chance. Um, can, can you kind of throw at me, man? Like, wh what's your day to day look like right now? Okay, I got my appointments booked back to back and just uh, video calls with clients, um, showing them vehicles, vehicle walkarounds, virtual test drive, um, pretty much everything that I was kind of doing before. And before it was like, let's say 10 to 20% of people, I was uh, doing video walkarounds and what's now with, which were my leads. And then the rest were walk-ins and repeat business and service clients. Uh, now it's 100% of it is virtual and, and uh, video calling and, and everything else, which is, um, it's great in one sense because, you know, you get to do them, uh, you get to, you get to do vehicle presentations one after the other. You don't, uh, you don't have to go through the entire process before you get to do a vehicle presentation with the next client. You do them uh, back to back and then you sit back down, you send all the quotes out uh, and you call the clients one by one. So it's a, it's a bit more street. I think it really streamlined our process quite a bit. And um, the, the thing with the car business is the, the car industry is, you know, we had the, the steps, you know, meet and greet, um, needs analysis, da, 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 da. So all those steps now are, are going to have to not thrown out, be thrown out the window, but they're just going to have to be reorganized, um, I believe, right? So, and, um, you know, the idea ultimately is the same. You want to put the, you want to meet the client and close them. So beginning and end doesn't change. Just that you're going to shuffle things around in between the test drive part, especially, right? Yeah, it's just kind of how we're doing it, right? I mean, the, yeah. I don't think necessarily the, the the process changes as much as as it's not solidified like it used to be. You know, it's like you had to show up to the dealership. You had to do this, this, and this before we could get to any type of documentation, right? And now it's like, you know, I think now what we've had to do is we've had to actually kind of hand the steering wheel over to the customer and kind of give them the chance to steer the direction of the process a bit more than we've ever have in the past. I mean, face it, guys, as an industry, we are full of a bunch of like self-controlled, you know, control like wanting to control everything, right? <laughs> Whatever I'm trying to say, I don't know, lost rewards. <laughs> um, but we, we were constantly wanting to control the process. Now I don't think necessarily we can. And that's one part of it. We have to kind of give up control. But I think the other part is that we're going to have to actually kind of, we're going to have to connect with someone, you know, from screen to screen. And let's yep. face it. I mean, when we, you guys are at the dealership, all right? If you had your choice of three lead formats, one being an in-person, a phone call, or an internet lead, everybody will, would choose the in-person first, this phone call second, internet lead third, for the most part, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's, I don't, it's, I wouldn't say as an industry, we've been super comfortable about focusing our, uh, our efforts on internet leads, but now we're forced to. Like every customer is an internet lead now. 
well, I think yep. every customer was an internet lead, but that's still, but now we're actually kind of forced into it. So let's talk real quick then about how we connect with people from a screen to screen and kind of get some ideas of how you guys are doing it. And how's it working out for you? So, so Mark for yourself, have you done, are you doing right now kind of that screen to screen, screen to screen connection with customers? As of right now, I'm not because I'm not um, working from home and I'm going to the dealership to build my product knowledge and uh, my content. Um, but when I was a Lexus, I was. Um, I, I have the Zoom account where we're choosing today, Skype, video calling. I've definitely always advertised that um, and then through Instagram as well. But um, I haven't seen, there wasn't a lot of times I was doing video, but I can definitely see the transition when I get back to the dealership. Um, a lot of people are going to want to do that to make sure that they feel more comfortable. Hey, um, Marco, for yourself, I know that you're currently at the dealership. You're still selling. T talk to me, walk me through a little bit, you know, how it is, you know, connecting to someone screen to screen versus connecting with someone person to person. No, it's a, it's funny because um, I feel like our um, our radius has, has broadened so much. So basically, I'll give you a quick example. I got a client that uh, today um, calling me from Sault Ste. Marie, trying to buy a vehicle from me. And I'm sitting here, Sault Ste. Marie before was uh, one of those, like you, you thought about Sault Ste. Marie, like that place that's six and seven hours away. And, you know, you get maybe one client a year from there. We, we've had a few of them now from Sault Ste. Marie, Sudbury. And uh, because we're not, we're not Audi of Etobicoke anymore. We are, we're an Audi store in Ontario. Because our inventory is online, um, people are picking from a menu that's online, which is your auto trader, Kijiji, wherever you advertise your cars from. And uh, it's interesting to see where they're coming from. And then this, this particular fellow from Sault Ste. Marie, the contact me on a, on a pre-owned Q7, uh, the moment I told him about virtual walk-around and, uh, and everything else, he's like his, his voice just lit up on the phone. He's like, you can do that? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. He's like, well, I've got a problem. I can't leave Sault Ste. Marie because if I leave, then i got to quarantine myself for three weeks and I can't go back to my job. So I said, no problem. We also have a delivery service. And, uh, you know, we'll bring the car to you. We can arrange everything across the province and um you know it, it's it, it's enabled us mentally to reach clients that uh we wouldn't have thought were clients before you know somebody calls you from Sault Ste. Marie or from another guy from Manitoba like weird um and we thought you know this guy from six hours or a plane right away is not going to buy anything that predisposed like salespeople are um, predisposed to that kind of thinking a lot of the time well that's a good point I mean Marco like if you had gotten that lead before all this happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we would love to say that, yes, we would have spent just as much time talking to that customer or, or, you know, developing a connection with that customer as if they were in Mississauga down the street from you, right? But, you know, mm -hmm. like in reality, we, we probably wouldn't have, you know, we pro we would have still, you know, been polite and answered the questions that were needed and stuff like that. But if, it, if they were on a brand new vehicle, maybe used one that would have been a different story, right? But if they were on a brand new vehicle, you know, there's, what 15 other Audi dealerships between you and there that they could possibly, you know, work with, you know, so it's, but, but now to your point is you're not a, just a local neighborhood dealership. You're an Ontario dealership. I think that's actually pretty cool. Um, you know, from, I think from the way that we kind of communicate or how we train our staff, that's going to be super important moving forward. You know, um, Mark for you, you know, how, when you're going to, cause you're getting into this new dealership, which I think is actually really cool. I mean, talk about an interesting time, man, to get into new yeah, dealerships, like smooth, <laughs> smooth one or not. <laughs> but I, I mean, every single opportunity you have, no matter where they're at, you're going to jump all over it. Right. 100%. Yeah. 
Now, with with that said, guys, like you know, for the customers out, or sorry, for the people out there that's listening, watching right now, and they're in the same boat as you are, and they're looking at these internet leads in the past, maybe it haven't spent that much time or attention towards those. It's like, I all right, I'll do, you know, I'll send them the template or the autoresponder that I'm told to send them to, but you know, I won't invest that extra mile. You know, with these guys, unless they're in front of them, because for a lot of salespeople, that's what how they perceived it. Let's just be honest, right? But that's changing. You know, um, Marco, for you, I don't think that's necessarily a new thing. Like you've always, you know, approach you know an internet lead as being equally or if not as important, just as much as someone who's physically in front of you. Why do you have that type of mindset? It's um, to be honest, I don't know. I've never, to me, a lead is a lead, right? Like whether it's an email, phone call, or somebody that has just walked through, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't categorize them as you know least important, more important. I just treat them all the same, and that's part of I think predominantly what's been a, a source of my success in the business is the fact that I just treated everything and everybody that, uh, with the same amount of respect and time. And uh, you know, ultimately, you have, I have nothing to lose. What do I have to lose? I have some time, maybe an hour of time that I invest in somebody, and then. They don't buy, but what if I don't invest an hour of time and they end up buying somewhere else? Wouldn't that hurt just a lot more than investing the time and not going anywhere? You know what I mean? It's, um, you know, one thing is to say, damn, I, I spent an hour with that guy and he bought from somewhere else. And one thing is to say, you know what? I spent a lot of right? So, hey guys, um, now going kind of beyond what your current norm is and let's talk a little bit about what i think that new norm is going to look like we we got a chance to chat a little bit about this before we jumped on you know today's call but you know i i don't know if you guys agree or disagree but i don't think we're going back to the way things used to be like at all you know no. it's a little different during the recession i had someone argue with me the other day go yeah but during the recession but that was different that was economics it wasn't social you know i mean i was talking to um, a neighbor the other day who takes public transit you know into toronto like every day, you know, they own, he owns a little beater car, you know, just for the weekends. But, you know, I asked me the other day, you're going to, you know, jump back on that train. He's like, hell no. You know, I mean, people are already thinking about like when he does get back to work, he's already thinking, you know, where can I lease like a cheap little Nissan Sentra or a Toyota Corolla or something like that? You know, I just need to get from point A to point B. But I think there's going to be a lot of people out there that this is what their new norm is going to be. You know, but I think us as salespeople, there's going to be a new norm as well. You know, I mean, I don't think people are going to literally just the day, you know, we're able to open our doors again, people are going to walk in and say, hey, how's it going? I haven't seen you in a long time. Shake your hand. <laughs> so it's like how I want to hear your guys' thoughts and opinions on how we prepare for what that new norm is. Mark, I'm going to start with you. Well, we're going to have to adapt on wherever this is going to take us. And I think sometimes bringing the vehicles to people is a new idea or even having a vehicle parked at a, at a business to showcase it, to drop some business to present that vehicle to them, because you are correct, the doors are gonna open, but people are not gonna come through. Um, back to the social media aspect is we need to get ourselves out there, show people what we have, and target our audience of different areas. So we're gonna have multiple different kind of uh, targets of audience that we need to do and really focus on geotagging, not just on businesses, maybe on people's homes areas and seeing what they're driving and what they're doing, or even take a vehicle and drive through a neighborhood and see if you can show off the car and the benefits. And um, we have to definitely think outside the box on this next step. Yeah, no, for sure. I don't think we can, we, we look, we can't continue to sell the way we sold in the past. We can't continue to market the way that we've marketed in the past. And I definitely don't think that we can train the way that we've trained in the past. I mean, I think a lot of that's gonna change. Marco, what are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I think we're, um, I agree. It's just like flying is going to change and public transportation is going to change and grocery shopping, all every, every aspect of our life is going to adapt. I would say is a um, better, more so than change. Right. Um, yeah, I think, I think there's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I mean, from a dealership perspective, I, um, I feel for the dealer principals, the owners that spend made the investment of uh, building these, you know, 20, 30, 40, $50 million dealerships. Cause now you have these, uh, these buildings. And if what we're talking about is true and we're going to be going that direction where it's going to be uh, remote, these kind of, these massive buildings are not, you know, they're not going to be as useful and we're not going to operate with them at a hundred percent. Like, like they're, they're meant to be used. Right. Um, it, you know, my, my, Biggest thing that I keep trying to think about is mostly uh, not so much sales because we can kind of do it anywhere, really. Um, it was nice to have a showroom and, and do it from the showroom and meet somebody. I've, I've missed it. I haven't shaken somebody's hand in over two months. It's killing me. <laughs> I agree. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. What about service, right? Like, that's that's my thing. Uh, how is uh, service going to adapt to this? And uh, that's that's my question. That's what I, um, I'm, I'm starting to look forward to, uh, to seeing change because that's one thing that you cannot not come to a dealership for, right? So... Um, yeah, I don't know what you guys think about that or, or how, well, how you let's, get- I got another question for you guys. Um, and yeah. the fact that you guys are both in sales, I think it's a good question. You know, uh, before all this happened, there was a, a percentage of people that were just getting ready to enter into the business. In fact, I was talking to a salesperson the other day that literally a week before this all went down, he got hired by a dealership and was supposed to start like a week, like the same week that he was doing all the layoffs, right? So like there, there's a handful of people out there that was like, yeah, I'm going to get into the car business. This is going to be fun. And then bam, this happens, right? You know, so what would you say to a new, you know, car salesman as a person that's coming into the business right now, who's never been in the business before, you know, knowing what we know as far as the sense that we pretty much just have to throw out the old playbook and rewrite the playbook. You know, what would you say the the two or three things that should really focus on right now that's going to make a big impact the first couple months that are employed? Mark, I'm going to start with you. Well, you know, the ABCs is the product knowledge, but I think we have to really, excuse me, understand what the guest, the customer wants and understand what their sales process is. Um, I think the new words norm that we have to say is what sales process are you comfortable with? Do you want me to come to you? Do you want to come to the dealership? Do you want me to take you out for a, a local coffee at Starbucks or Tim Hortons to see the vehicle? Obviously getting people into the dealership is always important, but that's going to change again. So we have to adapt to them on seeing what makes them feel ease and comfortable with you as we have all done in our sales process that we're good at. But now we have to focus more on the person to be comfortable with that um, and rewrite the, rewrite the book. But it doesn't matter how do you get to one to 10 the middle is how you do it yourself and make sure the guest is comfortable. So that's, that's actually a really good point. How you do it yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is something that you guys uh, do a great job of branding yourself and creating kind of that that unique experience I can have with you. I mean, yes, the dealership. Well, the dealership may or may not have a defined experience for the customer, but you guys individually as a brand or right, you do have a defined experience for the customer. Um, you know, I'm going to start with you, Marco, and then I'm going to jump back to you, Mark. But like for yourself, Marco, like how did that all get started? Did you just kind of wake up one day and say, hey, you know what? I need to create this self-brand. I need to create content for myself. Like, how did that get started for you? Oh, um, uh, 
how did it get started? Well, it's simple. I was a sales manager. <laughs> That's where we actually, you and I met uh, uh, originally at a Nissan yeah, store. I and I remember was, that. Yeah, that's it. I, uh, I was telling my salespeople, you need to do video. Video is the next best thing. You have to do a video walk around. Why aren't you guys doing video? And then I decided to go back on the floor and they said, oh man, I've been telling for five years these people to do videos. How am I not going to do video now? <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So I had, a, I had a YouTube account that I opened up probably seven or eight years ago that I never posted a single thing on. And uh, uh, I opened it with the intent of posting and I said, well, there goes nothing. Let's uh, let's just start. And uh, my first video was a Q3 walk around. Uh, I cringe every time I watch it because I was super duper awkward. Uh, my <laughs> girlfriend was taking the video on top of the shops of Dom Mills uh, parking lot. And um, there was some uh, kids smoking some questionable things downstairs. And I was just I was just so stressed <laughs> out. I'm like, these kids are making noise and just, uh, just going crazy. And then I said, you know what, let's just do the video. And I hated it, and I hated it while filming it. I hated editing it, and I hated posting it. And it's got five thousand views, and I got three leads out of it. And I'm sitting there going, "What the hell? I wish I did this before." <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so uh, what you do, man? You just just kind of have to just finally just kind of bite the bullet, know that it's going to be painful, and just do it. Uh yeah. I I just that's exactly what I did. Yeah, I just I just bit the bullet. I got in front of the camera. I, I got it done. And again, I hated it. I hated it. And then I looked at the results, and I'm like, why was I so upset? Why was I hating it so much? It's actually it's easy. It takes moments to do it. And uh, you know, maybe uh, Jason was right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe Jason was right. I I think we should actually uh, name the podcast. Maybe Jason was right on this, <laughs> on this one because Mark, me and you have also spent some time, you know, really oh, yeah. kind of jamming about this as well. You know, Mark, what made you decide just to hit the red button and and start putting content out there? Well, in my eyes, where it all started is I was making content by accident uh, before social media. Um, I was taking pictures, sending video to people, texting through WhatsApp. Then all of a sudden, I look at my phone. I have all this stuff, all this content, and I'm like. If I would look at this, why wouldn't someone else look at it? And that's how I started to kind of streamline everything, create all the content, go in there. And, and now, like I was telling you guys, I've rebranded myself as Mark Your Car Guy. And I've created a website. I'm creating a logo, sending people information. And it's just, yeah, so it all kind of fell on my lap. And I just ran with the opportunity. But going into the Game Changer with you and listening to what you guys were doing um, and understanding that. And. It's not always about the best camera. It's about just picking up your phone, editing it. Uh, I use Adobe Rush on my cell phone, which does amazing. And create it's that actually a pretty good product. That. Like oh, anybody amazing. out there that hasn't done video editing, and it takes yeah. a little bit of learning curve, but for a mobile like editing tool, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Well, long time ago, I took Sheridan. Uh, I was at Sheridan for media. Never thought it would be anything I would ever use. And all of a sudden, all this Adobe information I had back in like 2007, 2008 is all coming back and it's all worth it. But uh, content is around you all the time. Have your phone with you. Take pictures. If it's cool for you, it's cool for someone else. I like that. That's actually a great a, a great way to kind of approach it, right? People always are asking me, well, what kind of content should I make? I don't get it. Like, can you give me a list of 53 things I can I can do? And it's like, but no, Mark, that's actually a perfect way of saying it. If, if you think it's cool, other people are going to think it's cool too. It's a great way to kind of get started creating content. And it is, Marco, to your point, it's just a matter of just pushing the red button, isn't it? Yeah. Like, I remember one of my uh, first videos I did. Now, I get to date myself because it was on a Kodak 
Flipcam. <laughs> and it was brand new for that holiday season at a whopping one megapixel. Wow. Uh, it, it recorded, I think it was, it wasn't even four. 460 maybe been 460 i think it would maybe 460p uh video and i remember i had it set up on a tripod uh no mic uh i had to talk really loud so you could hear it and i remember one of the first videos i did uh it was on a the showroom was a slippery floor and i kind of ran and slid into the scene but then actually fell on my ass and kind of slid underneath the car (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, ah, that sucked. But then I literally bounced right up and because I knew I was going to edit this afterwards, right? So I could bounce right up and just kind of went into talking to the customer about this used SUV. I don't even remember what it was. Well, I forgot to edit it. And I sent him the version of me falling <laughs> on my ass and falling, slipping underneath the car. And nah. you know what? <laughs> um, I, I saw a copy of the video floating around somewhere like four years ago <laughs> and it's, people are still using it as an example to shoot video. Wow. <laughs> but it is, you just gotta, you just gotta hit the red button. You gotta put it out there. But I actually think that's the best part about it. Right. It's like you're connecting with a person, you know, that's just a person. You know, they, they, it's not, I, I, the issue I run into, and I want to hear you guys' thoughts on this, where I watch, I think where salespeople screw this up when creating content is they, they come up with a persona. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're not, they're not being real. Yeah. Right. Like they're, like they're being the, uh, the, the monster truck announcer, you know, and like they're, they're not just being who they are and they're just kind of yelling and they're loud and kind of nauseous and just like, like, I don't, I don't think that's like, I think think we just be sales call as well. Like when you're on a sales call, do you act yourself or do you put a character on for me? I act myself, be honest, be blunt, have fun, sell cars. That's the same thing I bring to my social media. There's no reason to put a new uh, acting thing on be yourself. Takes too much work. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it does, right? It actually takes a lot of work to be fake like that. And then when someone comes into the dealership and finally connects with you and they realize that's not who I was connecting to online and then we feel, what's the term I'm looking for, guys? Catfished? Is, am I saying it right? <laughs> <laughs> there will be an e-lead the next day. I may have totally <laughs> just used the wrong term on this. <laughs> you know what I mean, though, right? shorter and less muscular than the picture you sent me. <laughs> Wait a second here. In your video, you seem to know a whole lot more about this product than you do at this given moment. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, guys, I know it's getting towards the tail end of our time together. I know we could probably do go for another hour or so. But, hey, before we go, you guys, I get to ask my favorite question to you. And I get to ask you both, what is pissing you off? So, Mark, I'm going to start with you. Mark, what What's is pissing, pissing you off? off? What's pissing me off? I want to go back to work. I want to start working with people again, selling vehicles. Yes, the shaking the hands thing is going to stop, but I miss my hourly espressos at the dealership. And really congratulating someone and getting into that delivery process, which makes it all worth it at the end of the day. Hourly espressos. Okay, I'm down, I'm down for that. You know, that's true. I mean, I think the most amount of coffee I ever consumed in my entire life was when I was a car salesman. And I was I was pretty bad. I was like a pot of, gate, pot of day kind of a guy. All right, Marco, for yourself, what is pissing you off, sir? Um, I mean, the, like Mark said, it's really, it's, um, it's the fact that I just want to go back to having a full staff here, man. Like, I just want to it's nice to be able to still work in, in these times and it's just two of us here at the dealerships, but 
Uh, I miss I miss my coworkers, man. Like it it pisses me off that every day I got to come into work and uh, and just um, be just the two of us and not have you know that interpersonal personal connection with other people that you work with. Uh, how was your weekend and stuff like that? Now it's more like I far away and go by go to your desk and sit down and work on whatever it is that you've got to work on that day. Uh, it pisses me off that I that I can't have my normal life again, which is what pisses everybody off nowadays, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is very true. That's very true. Hey guys, before I let you go though, uh, for everybody out there that's watching and listening right now, and would love to connect with you and kind of follow along with your journey and check out your content, what is the best way to do so? Mark, I'll start with you. My name is Mark Palmieri. I work at Buds Imported Cars, Jaguar, Land Rover, and Oakville. And uh, you can follow me on my social media handle called Mark Your Car Guy or LinkedIn, Mark Palmieri, and would love to connect with you just to talk about cars or uh, sell you a JLR product. Awesome. Hey, Marco, for yourself, what's the best way to connect with you, sir? I'm a big LinkedIn fan, so um, connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, It's Marco Mantenuto, and uh, yeah, I'll see you on there. Awesome. Hey, thanks, guys, for taking the time to jam with me today. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank Thank you you for inviting us. You guys have a good one.